He said, if a story begins with finding, it must end with searching. Penelope Fitzgerald, The Blue Flower The Finding, read by Christine Marshall This is how my new life came about. It started with symptoms I thought might be neurological. As a nurse, I was alert to a new unfamiliarity in the way things looked, as if I kept finding myself on the wrong street, or as if I were traveling abroad. The stores of what was ordinary enough to be ignorable seemed to be shrinking. Sometimes I seemed to inhabit my body the way you stand on a foot that has been asleep. It may be that the organs attempt, in a language we do not know, to give us tidings of their dim world or with secret promptings, they may impel us to ends of their own. I had never visited this practice before, but I had worked in the same hospital with the neurologist long ago. He had been someone I knew to say hello to, a well-liked man, a good doctor, married, though without children and said to be unlucky in his home life. On the morning of my appointment, I got up and looked out at the rain. Water was materializing on the windowsill, filmy and soundless. It was December, so I put on a red sweater over my uniform. I took a bus from work in the afternoon, and in the neurologist's waiting room, which was empty, I sat up straight to give the nurse the understanding that I was not demoralized by the winter rains of our city, the slow or the steady, or the short daylight. I was not a depressed woman drawing myself up to the radiator of a doctor's attention. If anything, I was unnaturally cheerful. I wanted to seize whole torts from cabinets in the bakery and bottles of wine from under people's arms and sofas out of window displays that I had no room for in my small house. In the clinic, there was no one in sight except the short young girl with a triangular face at the desk behind the glass, who had slid me a clipboard of forms with her bitten fingernails. When she saw me looking at her half-inch-long hair, she turned away and touched it with her fingers. Well, hair is that short. I thought, where have I been? After a few minutes, she looked up sharply and said, Just go through the door, room three. From the hallway came a heavy sigh, a groan actually, just before the doctor knocked. Then his voice, very deep, I remembered the voice, sounded from the door. My nurse is not here, he said. In a moment, Angelique will come in so that I can examine you. He was fifty or so now, with big, pale, flap ears, and neatly dressed, tall but not erect. He had the stoop of a person with a bad back, and the eyes and folds that I recalled from seeing him in the hospital years ago. Now that I was older, I knew these were drinkers' eyes. My nurse called and said she would not be in. She quit. No notice. There are no charts set out, as you see. No x-rays. She simply quit. He appeared only half able to think, like a man who has been up all night. I am a nurse, I said, waiting for him to recognize me, although I had been younger and prettier at the time I worked in that hospital. I see that, he said, scanning the clipboard. I used to work down the hall from you at the university, I said, pointing to my name on the form and then to my employer's name to let him know I was not in search of a job. Is that so, he said. Angelique opened the door without knocking. What if the phone rings while I'm in here? She demanded, putting her foot in the wastebasket to stomp down its contents. We might empty that, the doctor said, avoiding her gaze. She ignored him. Hey there, I signaled him with an older generation smile. 
Better establish some authority with this girl. She did get down in front of the examining table and grapple on her knees with a step, which she yanked out for me to mount. I settled myself on the padded table, surrounded with metal trees holding instruments. If you're not going to have her disrobe, said Angelique, I don't need to be here, do I? And she went out, shutting the door firmly behind her. The man looked blankly at the ophthalmoscope in his hand. Finally, he switched it on and began to peer at my retinas, changing his angle minutely again and again, and breathing as if his belt were too tight. After a while, he said, I'm going to have to dilate your eyes. I have not been brought up to date on your problems. He glanced at my forms. You are a new patient, and you were not referred. No, I said. I came straight to you. Headache, he said wearily. No, I said.